Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Man, you know, we've been talking about uh, some of Colin Brun's books for the last few weeks. And now Colin is here. Witchhammer, the first Aftershock Comics graphic novel, came out this week. And Colin is here to talk about it. Also, Dark Ark. The Brothers Dracul, and so much more that he's been doing for Aftershock uh, these last uh, few months. It's great to talk to Colin, catch up, and uh, not only are we talking about that, but also we reach back for some of his old DC work and uh, old Marvel work and current Marvel work. It's a great conversation, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. This episode of Word Balloon is sponsored by Aftershock Comics. They're shaking things up at your local comic shop right now. With hit series like Animosity by Marguerite Bennett and Raphael De La Tour, Lollipop Kids from Adam and Aiden Glass and Diego Yapur, A Walk Through Hell from Garth Ennis and Gorn Suzuka, as well as today's subject, Wickshammer, Aftershock's first graphic novel. It's out now. I love Aftershock books. I think uh, they would make excellent Christmas gifts, and you will hear me touting Aftershock throughout the interview. Um, But uh, I'll tell you, they do. They have great books with great creative teams, and you will find interesting stories that will either fit your needs for your Christmas list or if you're uh, shopping for someone as well. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can check out full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at AfterShotComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners via Patreon. Thank you, League, for your continued support. It means a lot. It uh, keeps Word Balloon afloat and uh, keeps me active in uh, keeping the lights on and uh, reaching out and uh, doing new conversations with some amazing creators. If you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, you don't have to. It's free. But if you can afford it and think uh, what I do here is interesting and you want to help uh, promote the cause, you can subscribe to Word Balloon by going to patreon.com slash wordballoon or clicking on the front page of uh, the Patreon ad at wordballoon.com and you will uh, get to the portal uh, to our Patreon page. Thank you very much for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our conversation with Cullen Bunn about Witchhammer, the Brothers Dracul, and a whole lot more from uh, his work at Aftershock Comics, also Marvel and DC talk as well, and even some Star Wars talk. I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Cullen Bunn on today's Word Balloon. Cullen Bunn, welcome back to Word Balloon. Great to talk to you and uh, excited to talk to you about... Uh, all the current projects you got going on, man. Very cool stuff. Well, thank you. Thanks for and thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be here. Yeah, man. You know, I, I don't know if we've ever done a one-on-one. I know I've I've done a couple of Marvel pressers with you in them, but uh, yeah, long time coming, man. Yeah, it's, it. I, I don't think we have either. I think uh, you know we've done a couple of like little things at conventions, you know, like drop bys and things like sure, that. But sure. uh, and yeah, and then of course, like you said, the Marvel the Marvel press. Uh, uh, meetings and everything, but no, I'm 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 glad we have the chance to talk like this. Absolutely, man. Well, congratulations. They uh, they gave you a nice little assignment at uh, AfterShock, uh, their first graphic novel, um, Witchhammer. Yeah, no pressure. The first one. <laughs> but you got an old uh, collaborator working with you on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm working with uh, with Dalibor Talajic, uh, who uh, uh, worked with me on one of my very first Marvel projects. Uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and uh, and we've you know we've worked on a few things over the years, and uh, uh, this is our first creator-owned project that we're working on together. So I was uh, I was pretty excited to to get the chance to 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 partner with him on this project. Well, they're tapping into your love of horror with this, but it's also kind of a police procedural as well. Yeah, it's a it's a weird little book. It's a you know it's it's definitely got a lot of of you know horror trappings. Uh, you know, it's got uh, demonic worshiping and uh, serial killers and and uh, and things like that. But uh, but it's probably more of a police thriller um, with some supernatural some supernatural trappings and supernatural twists to it. That's excellent. Now, was this something that you had in your back pocket or like how did how did this happen in terms of it coming to Aftershock? Um, so the book uh, is called Witchhammer. And it's uh, it's interesting because it's it's one of those projects that I've had, uh, you know, the kernel of an idea for for a little while, but uh, but I didn't necessarily um, put it all together in a way that told a, a good story until I was talking to Aftershock, and uh, I had done a couple of books with them. I, I did uh, a book called Unholy Grail and a book yes. called uh, 
Brothers Dracul, and yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm currently doing. We're going to talk about those in a few minutes, but yeah, go awesome. on. What else? Are you, yeah, and, else? and I'm doing a, a, an ongoing with them called Dark Arc, um, and they they you know Joe Pruitt at, at AfterShot gave me a call and said, hey, we've got this really great idea for these uh, original graphic novels, hardcover, sort of album sized, um, very European almost in yeah. you know size. And uh, and that all speaks to me. That's all stuff that I that I geek out over and that sure. I love. I love you know really high quality production values on these graphic novels and things like that. Um, so I was immediately in you know interested. And then he said, "Well, that's great. Uh, you're going to be our first one." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, oh, great." Um, and I I I gave him the I gave him in that phone call this kernel of an idea that I've been dealing with, which was, you know. It's a it's a story about a, a serial killer who seems to be targeting people who have a certain uh, religious bend, and and that bend is that they worship uh, a devil figure, um, or that they're witches, and uh, and you know they were you know intrigued by the idea enough to ask me to expand on it and really you know dig into it, and uh, and you know that's when I really took the took that initial story idea and and expanded it into into the book that that you get that that just came out uh tell me about the cops that are uh hunting this uh this demon down yeah i wanted to do uh i wanted to have uh, uh you know sort of a traditional you know uh, cop pairing so we've got these two agents uh agents frontenac and agent guinness who have sort of a very different takes to 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 their their methodologies but more than that they're a different approach to to faith in general um agent frontenac is a woman of faith um and and that causes her some uh it causes her to do some soul searching over the course of this story as you know the victims that the people that she is trying to protect and save uh have very different uh belief systems than she does sure uh and Agent um, Guinness, on the other hand, is a man who has uh, no faith. He, he <laughs> believes he believes it is a he believes religion of any kind is sort of a dodge and a dive, and uh, and 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 he he doesn't believe in anything. And his you know that that non belief of his is challenged over the course of this uh, of this initial this first graphic novel uh, as well uh, when they start encountering things that don't that uh, events that do not have a readily you know an earthly explanation sure no that's great man and i and i love that idea um it's beautiful so talzik really does a a great job oh yeah uh, it's a it's a gorgeous book and it's and also as you say it's it's like the intent is to do more i mean you're gonna you're gonna this is gonna be a series of graphic novels well that's the you know if it, it, you know how this thing, these yeah, things work. If, if it's, things all work dependent, it's all dependent on you know on on the reaction of the readers and uh, and demand for it. But uh, while this first volume of Witchhammer definitely tells a, a story, it also leaves the door open for uh, to expand that world and to to delve into that world in a in a bigger and different way. So I would love to to revisit it for sure. That's excellent, man. No, I read it, and uh, again, it's it's it looks great. It reads fantastic, and it's a it's a very cool cop horror procedural. And I'm always happy when genre splicing is going on, and you know they're uh, they're 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 they work well together. And uh, I think a lot of people that uh, you know like the classics, like uh, you know Jim Corrigan and the Spectres, you know, kind of chasing stuff down in a police sure. way, and uh, you know, uh, there's kind of almost an X Files feel to it as well. With a Mulder and Scully non-believer and believer kind of uh, relationship, um, no, they're 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 a, they're a good team, and I think uh, it's a it's a really good procedural man. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think uh, you know my my hope with this book is that uh, readers uh, it, it, it'll it'll open it up to some discussion about who's right, who's wrong, who are the villains, who are the heroes, uh, because it's kind of a story that uh, that you know I'm trying to. To ch- flip the switch uh, several times in the in the in the course of this graphic novel, I want to to flip the switch switch and see if if we can change who people see as the uh, 
as the villain who sure. people see as the the hero. Um, so um, so I'm excited to see what people think about it. That's excellent, man, and it is already out um, as we're recording and putting this episode out. So uh, no, I think it's great, and I've been uh, touting it as uh, a good uh, Christmas gift too because it's a new it's a new original graphic novel that could be the opening of a new series. And uh, I yeah, always think a, you know Christmas time it's hard to you know find something good for you know a, a comic reader that they you know aren't already getting from their pull list. Yeah, absolutely, and and you don't have to. It's one of those books that if you've got a, a comic reader in the family, uh, you have less of a chance that they pick this up since it just came out. Um, and, and it's an easy jumping on point because it's the first book in the series. And uh, it, it does make a great uh, a great Christmas gift for sure. Yeah, man. No, it's beautiful. And it's, a, like you said, a nice package. And uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, as people know, listening to Word Balloon in the last few months, Aftershock uh, is, a, is a Word Balloon sponsor. But uh, I really do talk about the books that I really do like that Aftershock has been putting out. And uh, including Witchhammer, um, I would say the same thing about uh, Unholy Grail and Brothers Dracul because they're two sides of uh, the same coin in, in a way. Because, uh, you know, I want you to d- d- describe, describe Unholy Grail first. So Unholy Grail is, uh, is a dark take on the Arthurian legends. Um, and, and it's basically the, 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 the concept is everything, uh, it's, it's a horror, it's a horror version of, of the King Arthur stories. Yeah. Uh, every, every story, every myth, myth, myth from the Arthur legend. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them, uh, could be presented in this book, but if in being presented in this book would be, uh, a very twisted, uh, evil version of, of that story. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely sort of a. Uh, I've been calling. I told Aftershock that I seem to be doing a lot of historical horror with them. That's <laughs> <And laughs> true. And uh, and so that's the that was the and that was the first thing I did with them. Um, and is actually a book. I I pulled up a, one of my old notebooks from like twenty five twenty six years ago, and and had my first you know in that notebook are lines I had written with the intent of of telling the story of of Unholy Grail. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's something that's been brewing for me for a while. I just needed to find the publisher who was, uh, willing to crazy enough to put that out. <laughs> Understood. And then, as I said, the other side of the coin, the brothers Dracul, which is like the Ottoman empire game of Thrones mixed in with, <laughs> Dra- with, with mixed in with the Dracula legend. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, again, it's sort of a historical horror story because it's it's and it's even more uh, based on history rather than you know the King Legend. Arthur myths. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is the story of of Vlad and his brother Radu, um, and history's a little sketchy on some of the you know on some of their lives, but uh, the one thing that we do know is that they were taken hostage and held prisoner by the Ottoman Empire for a time. Um, what we don't know, or what legends have, what history hasn't told us, is that during that time they were trained as vampire hunters. So it's it's the story of uh, of Vlad Tepes and Radu, his bro- younger brother, going out fighting vampires, uh, and it's a it's a really sort of balls to the wall, bloody horror story um, with that you know that conceit. Well, we know where you know uh, we know where it's going, but this is the journey of Vlad to yeah, it's, uh, to it's, his ultimate fate. Yeah, and and we even you know it's it, it, the 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 series starts with us seeing Vlad as Vlad the Impaler, um, who killed you know thousands and thousands of people in the most horrific ways. Uh, but this is how he got there, and and it is tied in with with vampire legends because hey it's Vlad Tepes he's he's you know he's very uh very ingrained with vampire legendary was Radu really part of the legend as well is that Radu was character? his brother yeah wow. Ra- Radu was a, was a historical figure very handsome young man according to 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 legend that he was uh he was known as Radu the handsome and uh but yeah he's uh he was a real guy well, and these are, you know, kind of, again, um, like Unholy Grail, although uh, Unholy Grail, as you say, is a little darker. This this has a lot of 
adventure and again you see vlad at times as a hero uh, as he's going through his path and again you find the catalyst i don't want to give it away but yeah the, no the uh, i think why I, he changes yeah. he's presented here as a as a tragic a tragic villain for sure and and definitely starts out as as the hero it's great, man. No, I, that really caught my eye, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the volumes that I've read of that. How many volumes of Unholy Grail? There were five issues. So, okay, uh, so, one, so one collection? It's, it's one, one trade paperback, and we've talked about going back to it and doing more with it, um, but for now it's just the one volume. And that's the nice thing about, uh, about Unholy Grail is that the legends are, are presented in such a way that I can tell this story out of – out of a linear order. In, in fact, the first volume is told there are several stories presented outside of a linear linear order, um, and we could go back and tell more and more. Um, and and Brothers Dracul, there's you know one volume has come out. We 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 set it up to to enter a new you know a new arc if we decide we want to. I hope you do, man. Because yeah, I've really I've enjoyed uh, the issues that I read, and yeah, I think there's obviously room for both of those series. Um, no, it's it's great, man. Honestly, I, I enjoy both of them. I think I think they're terrific. Now, what's the what's the other uh, run that you're doing with AfterShark? Is it Dark Arc? Dark Arc. Dark Arc is the ongoing series. We're in our third arc right now, uh, and and Dark Arc is uh, a, a pretty simple idea, and it's one that I never in a million years thought a publisher would pick up and go for. Uh, and AfterShock was crazy enough to to go for it, and the reaction to it's been great. But Dark Ark kind of, it's set during the time of the biblical flood. And we all know the story of Noah's Ark. Noah gathered animals um, and took them, you know, on an ark to sail to, you know, the world that would come after the floodwaters receded. But what we didn't know is that there was a second ark. And on that ark were all the monsters and the vampires and the werewolves (laughs) and the minotaurs and uh, the dragons. Every horrible monstrous creature was loaded onto a second arc and is at sea is at sea at the same time um and as you can imagine uh, that kind of the the inhabitants of that uh, of that vessel uh, offer a number of of major problems um <laughs> and 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 complications and it's uh like i said we're we're in our third arc no pun intended uh, our third arc of the series right now Who's the uh, who's the Noah of this series? There is a there's a sorcerer named Shrey. So this is Shrey's arc, and Shrey um, is, is very much a Noah figure. Uh, only he serves dark masters, and he has you know great dark powers. Um, but he also has a family that he wants to save from the flood. He uh, he has you know you know a wife and daughters and and sons that he wants to make sure survive uh once the the floodwaters recede so that's they they are his motivation for um for for taking this task and uh and he's a guy that was not a good man in life um he definitely you know you got to think this is a world that that the lord decided needed to drown so it wasn't a great world anyway and he was uh he probably should have drowned but he's trying to uh He's trying to be a better man now. He just happens to be surrounded by monsters. <laughs> like you said, man, historical uh, horror. This is very interesting. Yeah, I, I always think, you know, what if this was all taking place in the same world and I could have some sort of crossover event, you know, with all these different uh, absolutely these different stories. But uh, but who knows? That's very funny. And you could even drop hints into Witchhammer, which is obviously the modern world. Right, yeah, but, just but all maybe ties artifacts together. or anything that might tie back to one of these things. <laughs> no, I think that's great, man. There's a, that's a that's a cool little bun universe you got going over at uh, at AfterShock. That's really cool. Yeah, they've been really great to work with. They're uh, you know they're open to to working on a lot of fun projects and 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 things that uh, stories that a lot of publishers might not you know might not jump on, and and they're willing to take a chance on some things and. And uh, uh, it means a lot to me, and it's just it's it's fun well, in terms to, of you know the kind of stories I get to develop. Absolutely, and and again, you I think you're working with great artists on on all the books. Um, you know, tell I, I I didn't ask earlier, but yeah, tell us who's drawing, who drew on Holy Grail, who's, who drew uh, Brothers Dracul, and who drew um, the Dark Ark. 
So, so Unholy Grail and Brothers Dracul were both drawn by uh, by an artist named Mirko Kolak. Um, I know that uh, name. Why do I know that yeah. name? Well, he worked with me in on some Green Lantern stuff or, or some uh, Sinestro books and, cool. and things like that. So he's been, I mean, he's been working on a number of uh, of different projects. I think right now I may be mistaken on on exactly what I think he's doing. Some Red Sonia stuff. Uh, for the new Red Sonia series with Dynamite, um, that don't hold me to that. But I think that's what I've I've been seeing him draw a lot of Red Sonia stuff. So I think that's what he's moved on to. Okay. Uh, and and uh, and then um, Dark Arc has been every issue has been drawn by the great Wando. Oh um, sure. And uh, you know, and he's just having a blast drawing all these uh, crazy monsters uh, and uh, and designing all these wild creatures that are on board the ship. Very cool, man. No, that's terrific. Um, no, it's like I said. I think you got a nice, a nice little corner of uh, aftershock right now. The, the, the bun horror universe. So that's uh, <laughs> that's excellent. Very, very cool. Um, and again, I think uh, any of these would be great. Uh, would be great Christmas gifts. So uh, you, people should yeah. consider them. Absolutely. They, they absolutely. They're, You're, they're, uh, they're a lot of fun. And your local comic shop has them. So you excellent. know, or should have them. Well, and as I say, you know, we've got uh, we got the diamond codes over at AfterShotComics.com. That's right. So, uh, no, and uh, yeah, I mean, people can check out the preview pages and everything. This is good. I haven't I haven't talked to an AfterShot creator in a while, and it's a good uh, you know way to kind of uh, point out, as I do in the middle commercial as well, that uh, you can get nice little samples over at the website and you know figure out exactly what it is. And see yeah, if it's, I think, you know, to your taste or to the person that you're trying to buy a Christmas gift for. Too. Yeah, I think in some cases they have, you know, full issues and, and things like that posted to so you can read, you know, big chunks of these stories to see if the, you know, if it if it appeals to you. Very cool. That's awesome, man. No, I'm 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 glad you're with them. I'm glad they're recognizing what you bring to the table and uh that's cool. And again, it it, it would you say, I mean, I, you've done your fair share of superhero books. Um, but would you say that you're do you enjoy doing more of the horror genre stuff rather than straight up superhero? Well, it's it's tough because you know I grew up reading these these comics. I grew up, you know, loving, you know, the X-Men for instance and and reading those stories and 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 I was a superhero guy. Always have been and and I and to some degree I always will be. I love superhero stories. Uh but and, and I've had plenty of opportunity to write those characters, and and I will continue to write those those kind of characters. Uh, and that that uh, it scratches a certain kind of itch, and there's a certain kind of satisfaction with contributing to those greater, uh, you know, those greater storylines. It's a very different kind of uh, a feeling when you write your own, create your own stuff. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely all on you and, and it's, it's a, it's rewarding in very different ways. Uh, and, uh, and I'm all, you know, I would never give up my creator own books and yeah, I do write a lot of horror stuff with creator and I, I tend to, it's not the only thing I do with creator own, but, uh, you know, the most of my creator own books veer into some very dark territory. Uh, maybe that's just, you know, it's it's my way of examining my place in this world, I guess, uh, through these dark stories. Uh, but uh, it's just where it's that's my wheelhouse. I hear you, man. Well, I know uh, before we get to uh, a Marvel book you're currently doing, I think I've told you before, my, one of my favorite runs you had was that Captain America Teen em Up uh, book that they were doing. That was one of my early, early, early projects with Marvel, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was fun. Yeah, and it's you know he lends himself to a team up book in a in a way that you know Spider Man did as well, and I mean yeah, every, and you know, everybody wants to work with Captain America. He's the you know he's the man, right? And that was a you know it was right after uh, Avengers the movie had come out, sure, and uh, and they were they were definitely wanting me to to team him up with characters from from the Avengers movie, so it would be you know names that that people walking in looking at the shelf would would recognize uh but yeah i still you know I, I had a lot of fun doing that working on that book and it's still a book like i've done a lot of presentations lately at uh high schools and middle schools and things like that and it's one of the books that i take with me and give to the kids uh because it's a, it's a in a lot of ways it's kind of got some all ages you know elements to it and it's yeah. a book that 
that those kids can enjoy and I don't have to worry about uh, warping their minds or or uh, destroying family values or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but they were they were great like one shots and and yeah. w- was there a two-parter in that run or no? Oh man, it was it was all but it, it's hard to imagine. It was all uh one shots, right? No, it was all, all series. It was all it was I think the first one the Captain American Hawkeye was maybe a four issue run. Oh, I think wow. most of them were I think most of them were four issue runs and then there was a weird um one shot, which was Captain America and Namor, uh, and then you know, so most, but most of them had, you know, had several, had at least four issues to them. I, th- I think Iron Man might have been three issues, but yeah, it was it was yeah. either three or four. Yeah. Wow, man, I didn't, I didn't remember that. I thought they all, and maybe I am thinking of the Namor one in particular because I am always happy to see Cap and Namor together. Their their history going back to World War II, and it seems like usually, depending on who's writing it. That if Namor has the respect of for one of the you know Terranian here or you know the uh, over uh, the the not the the regular superheroes, right? It's definitely Captain America because they are they're like old war buddies, right? Yeah, no, it was a it was a fun series. Uh, it, it's uh, you're taking me back now. I, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> taking me back to the good old days. Absolutely, man. Now I should ask because obviously the movie's coming out this weekend. Uh, Aquaman, and I know you had, as far as some Aquaman fans, you had a bit of a contentious uh, back and forth. Wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my favorite writing experience. (laughs) Was it because of those kind of that kind of friction? You know, or or was it tough to write? Were there heavy heavy editorial hands? Or it was it was tough all the way around. There were a lot of problems with it. You know, the fans uh, reacted the way fans you know that they were going to. Um, there was a lot of weird things like, uh, there was sort of a drive to make sure Aquaman was on land. Most of it, which I thought was a weird, uh, a, a weird note. And I probably thinking back, I, I should have pushed back on some of those notes a little bit. And it probably would have made for a better, better series, but there were some notes that, that I probably should have pushed back a little bit. There were some, uh, changing landscapes and changing directions for characters that caused some, some issues. Um, and I, I'll be honest when I still when I look back on that book, I'm still fairly happy with that story. Uh, I know why people didn't why diehard Aquaman fans didn't like it because it wasn't the Aquaman they wanted and and needed. But uh, but I still have fun. You know, I still like a lot of what I did with that series. Uh, But, yeah, it wasn't my my favorite uh, writing experience in the world. Let's take a break from our conversation with Cohen. Tell you a little bit more about Aftershock Comics. Now, you know. They have been sponsoring Word Balloon for these last few months. Uh, I believe in this publisher. They uh, they do a great job. Joe Pruitt, Mike Martz, reaching out to a lot of creators like Colin and uh, saying, hey, try try to do your stuff here. You heard how uh, Colin got involved with Aftershock. Some amazing books with uh, great genres covered by some of your favorite teams of uh, writers and artists. There's things like the Spy Series, Jimmy's Bastards from Garth Ennis and Russ Braun. You can get Pestilence from Frank Thierry. And Oleg Akunov, where the 14th century Black Plague from history is actually revealed to be the first zombie outbreak. In fact, you can get the first trade now. Maybe that would make a good Christmas present. And then in just a few weeks in January, Volume 2 is coming out. There's Baby Teeth Year 1 hardcover from Donnie Cates and Gary Brown. The first 10 issues of that series is collected and already out. In the weeks ahead, I'll be talking more to other Aftershock creators about their books. But you don't have to wait. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at AfterShotComics.com. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Cullen on today's Word Balloon. What uh, What were some of when you did superhero books, and you you're, right now you're doing one of the superhero books, and we'll get to it in a second. But yeah, as far as past runs, were you satisfied with your Green Lantern work and your Sinestro work? Oh yeah, I loved I love Sinestro. I, I if if I could. You know, if I could still be writing Sinestro now, uh, you know, I'd write Sinestro for a hundred issues and be happy. Um, same with Magneto. Same with uh, same with uh, Uncanny X Men and and X Men Blue. If I could have stayed in the X universe for forever, I would have. Um, and I, you know, and I still I had a lot of fun writing Deadpool. Uh, so I mean, most you know, I, I can find something I enjoy with almost every every character I've I've written. Um, 
but yeah, the, you know, X Men and Magneto and Sinestro, those all rank pretty pretty high for me. And uh, and yeah, I would have stayed with those characters for as long as I could have. You know, if if we were in the if we were in the the days of old where a creative team could stick on a book for you know a hundred issues or more. Uh, I would still be on those books, but uh, but those days sadly are 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 not as uh, are not as uh, frequent as as they used to be. Those those kind of runs don't happen often. No, I hear you, and I do think that yeah, um, certainly they. I think editors feel like you know readers want a switch after a year or so. You know, twelve issues well, usually, or or eighteen or whatever. Yeah, well, the 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 idea basically boils down to. Uh, a number one issue sells better than a number thirty six issue. Sure, and uh, a number a new number one issue seems newer when the creative team changes, and and that's just the way yeah you know, that's just the way marketing approaches the books. Uh, I don't have to I don't like it personally, but I understand it. Uh, I don't you know it's not uh, it's not what I like to see, but uh, but I understand why marketing teams like it that way. Is the door open at DC, you, and do you have an interest ever going back to DC and running? Oh yeah, I still talk. I still talk to them, uh, you know, quite a bit. You know, it's uh, it's it's just a matter of of finding things that work with with my schedule and uh, and work with you know fit into the schedule they have. I, I did maybe a couple of months ago. I did an issue of suicide. I did a Suicide Squad annual for them. So, so I'm still, you know, I'm still out there and working with them when I can. Uh, and if I were to find the right project, uh, I would love to work with them again. It's, uh, it's, I'm at a point now, you know, a few years ago, if someone offers me whatever project it is, I would have taken it because I wanted to, you know, get my name out there and get books. But now it's more important to me to find, uh, the right project and a, a book that, you know, there are some books I shouldn't be writing. Uh, you know, I need to accept that. And even if I want to write them, there are uh, there are some books that are better suited to other creators. And and when those, you know, sometimes you get offered a project and you need to, and the best thing to do is just uh, turn it down for the sake of the greater good. And that's where I am now. I'm not. I only want to do books that uh, that I I think I can really really nail and that represent. Uh, this amorphous brand that I'm trying to build. <laughs> That's cool. That's you know I'd love to see you do things with like Shadow Pack or something like that. As far as oh DC Shadow goes. Pack, yes. Now Shadow Pack's a book that I'd fall all over myself to, to write. I I, I, know, I think it's in your wheelhouse, man. Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah those Shadow characters. Pact is, Shadow Pack is is one that I I love. There was a. It's funny because most editors at DC don't remember these characters. Um, they're uh. Uh oh my gosh! Now I can't even. I'm I'm losing track of the title in my uh in my head. It was a rock band full of horror mon- of of monsters, uh with uh Scream Queen and and all these other monsters. It came oh, out in the nineties. I don't remember that book. Oh, wow. uh, it, all right, it, there you go. Yeah, nineties book. Okay. A, yeah, it's a it's a book. I even you know I even took my single issues because it's never been it's never been collected um by DC. I took my uh, my single issues and went and had them uh, bound in hardcover. Good cover. for you. That's yeah. great, man. Yeah. Oh, I love scare yeah. tactics. Scare tactics. Yeah, oh, I that's remember cool. The for a but yeah, you know there are characters like that that even the editors at DC, you know, they say if you had a dream project, what would it be? And I typically go to Swamp Thing and Hellblazer and Scare Tactics. That's cool. And uh, and, and they say what? We don't know that one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the for me. My favorite DC forgotten horror book, and it was an anthology, was Wasteland. Oh, I'd forgotten Wasteland, but yeah. You, remember, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? I'd forgotten yeah. that was a DC book. Yeah. You know, I uh, about a month ago, right right before Thanksgiving, I had a dinner with uh, uh, Mike Gold. Sure. He, he was the editor of it, and that was John Ostrander and uh, also um, the great uh, Del Close, one of the great comedy minds of Chicago. And Dell was just a wow. crazy off the wall guy that lived life to the fullest. And um, when he died, he wanted to promise that his skull would be used by uh, Steppenwolf Theater. And whenever they have a production that calls for a skull, they use uh, Dell's. And Dell winds up in the playbill. 
Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. He's, <laughs> so he's still acting. He, he's he's giving himself some longevity in the theater theater world. <laughs> Absolutely. And for people who don't know, he was uh, the accountant in The Untouchables, and he's also one of the teachers in in Ferris Bueller. And it, you know, he's just a it's a throwaway like only one scene, but you, you love him because he's lecturing in a very weird way, and he's like, in what way? I mean, yeah, they, yeah. That's what everyone just remembers. It, the you remember him, yeah. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was a great, he was a great comedy mentor to God from uh, Bill Murray to John Favreau. I mean, a very interesting group of uh, comedians and Vince Vaughn, you know, all all learned under Dell. And uh, yeah, he just uh, Wasteland was so amazing. And I, I you know, I, I as I was having dinner with Mike, I'm like, why doesn't DC put this thing out? Because all the top uh, artists worked on it on the various stories. And they were really cool, creepy stories. And a lot right. of them were from Dell's imagination. And, and, you know, John would help him flesh them out and stuff. But it really was such a distinct series. And really, right, I would say right alongside Suicide Squad, just really great stuff where, you know, I, it's funny because, again, I, I, I love John. And I, and I always, like, want to know how, he's, how well he's doing um, because he's had some issues with his eyes in the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I just think, man, he was such a strong force uh, at DC in the '80s, and uh, I'm glad when they would yeah, let him do like the the newer Suicide Squad, uh, you know, issues and arcs in the last few years around the time of the movie. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that to me because I'm going to uh, add that to my want list because I remember them, but I don't think I read all the issues. I only I seem to remember it only lasting a few issues, and I guess it ran for a couple of years, maybe. Um, yeah, it might have been bi-monthly or something, but I know it wrote it. I don't think it made it to like twenty issues, and maybe it did. But I, well, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm teams. gonna look it up now, and uh, that's that's going on my list of things I want to collect <laughs> because I have fond memories. I had forgotten seriously. I, I, for some reason, it just didn't dawn on me that that was a DC book. But uh, but no, I'm I'm glad you reminded me. Sure, man. It was very Vertigo before Vertigo, and sure. really several years. Before Vertigo was up and running and everything too, yeah, I know I'm a I'm a huge fan and uh, like I said, no John, uh, I really I really like John a lot as a guy and I really like John as a writer and uh, he did an amazing job for Dark Horse and when Dark Horse had the Star Wars stuff and was writing incredible Star Wars stories in the 90s and right up through the mid 2000s until Marvel retook over the uh, the Star right. Wars stuff. Have you done any Star Wars stuff? Yeah, I've done. Uh, I did a. a a five issue Darth Maul limited series. Cool. Um, and I, I've done an annual of the main, of the main star Wars book and I'm, I'm, you know, stuff I can't mention, but I'm working on some other stuff for star Wars right now. That's excellent, man. No, honestly, I, again, taking nothing away from the dark Horse stuff because it really was top shelf, uh, storytelling, both the artists and the writers, but it is fun to have that. Marvel has it back. And I know they've uh, they've put strong teams on there, man. And again, top writers and top artists. And it doesn't surprise me that you've uh, done a Darth Maul story. And I look forward to uh, whatever you got coming up in the future. But in the meantime, you got a cool current uh, Marvel uh, team now, and it's the Asgardians of the Galaxy. And I love it. It was such a great play on words. It's like, oh my god, why hadn't anyone thought of this before? That's fantastic. Yeah, so, it's uh, and, and, and good timing too. Because they're really leaning into the humor of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So tell me, yeah, tell me about the Asgardians of the Galaxy Forge. Yeah, and and this is a book that that I pitched to Marvel in 2015. <laughs> um, I sent them a pitch and said, and it was very, you know, it was very high level. But I said, you know, wait for it, wait for it, Asgardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and you know, I, I pitched them a team and a couple of you know, initial, you know, story arcs and things like that. And, and there was interest. They liked the title. And I heard from other, at the time they didn't want it, it just wasn't the right time. And I'd even heard from uh, people who were in the offices at Marvel. They, they would, you know, months and months and years later, and they would say, Hey, do you know that they've still got as guardians of the galaxy listed on, you know, on the bill, on the bulletin board as a book <laughs> they want to do. And, uh, and I was, and I kept, Telling whenever someone would tell me that, I'd say, "Well, I hope they remember I pitched it, and and don't hire someone else to write it." Sure, um, which is you know could easily happen with Absolutely. as many creators as they work with. Um, but uh, no doubt, you know the 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 success of Thor Ragnarok, 
and uh, the the Infinity the Infinity Wars movie that uh, that kind of opened the door to to let it to let it be the, you know that it would be the time to to do an Asgardians of the Galaxy book. So so it got greenlit you know not long after you know the success of those those movies. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just what it says. It's uh, it's a group of Asgardian characters or Asgardian adjacent characters yep. going uh, going off on cosmic adventures, and it's it's a uh, it's it's a book that I I really wanted it to just be a fun read and to be goofy at times and and weird and and sort of a throwback to you know to to the rollicking good time of old older comics. And and but at the same time, show some of these these characters you may not get to see as much of. Well, and I love kind of the melding of Asgard characters with the cosmos because it it does make sense, and it shouldn't, but it does. And yeah, uh, they, and it, it calls back to that seventies time when you know you could do mashups of as as Kirby did with not only with the Asgards but with the new gods and the Eternals. And things like that, and it just it it makes it makes sense. Yeah, and it's uh, like I said, it's a fun fun book, and I get to to use some characters that uh, that I might not get to to write otherwise. So we've got you know the you know Shyar and the Nova Corps and Nebula and and Planet Terry and and all the and all these you know <laughs> characters from the from Marvel's you know cosmic side. That we get to throw in a book with, along with, you know, uh, Loki and Angela and Valkyrie and the Executioner and Thor Frog, who's our breakout star, I guess. Um, <laughs> Everyone loves Throg, man. Yeah, they, they like that frog. And, um, and also uh, uh, Eric Masterson's son. Yes, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a character that, that uh, I didn't think I would like writing as much as I do, but, uh, but he's a lot of fun to write. Yeah, he's uh, he he reminds me of James Robinson Starman as a guy who's trying oh, can... to live up to the legacy, but can't help being the modern guy that he is too. Yeah, he's young and he's kind of a dope, and uh, but he does have <laughs> he does have this legacy and uh, and he has this power, and he's just trying. You know, he's this is in a lot of ways this is a. a you know his side of this story is you know learning to become a hero and and to to live up to that legacy. No, that's cool, man. And I picked up the last issue with the Nova Corps showing up, and that's why, yeah, man. It's um, it really, I, I you know, as a little kid, it really was fun seeing science fiction and uh, mythology rub up against each other. And I, uh, I've had these conversations with. Um, Oming as well. We were both big Eric von Daniken uh, fans. Chariots of the Gods. Oh yeah, I've I've I have read those books uh, many times. Absolutely, man. And you know, although I got to say, at first I really appreciated Ancient Aliens, but it almost feels like they're kind of, you know, covering the same territory over and over again. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're going. They they may have gone to that well um, a few too many times. <laughs> few too many times. <laughs> But yeah, I I know I, I loved that stuff as a kid, and again I, I and really a, a lot of Marvel Black and White like touched on a lot of that stuff too, Epic Illustrated and and uh, some of the uh, God whatever the magazine was I have it uh, the first appearance of Star Lord was like oh, one of yeah. those Marvel Black and Whites. It was like a Marvel premiere or something, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now uh, and 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 like I said, it's a it, this is a book and. The book you, the issue you just picked up, has one of my favorite panels of any comic that I've ever written uh, for Marvel, uh, and and it's drawn by Matteo Lali, who who I've worked with numerous times at Marvel on Deadpool books and things like that, and he's really just doing some amazing stuff. But uh, there's a panel with uh, <laughs> uh, Throg leaves his hammer behind on uh, <laughs> on the Shi'ar homeworld, and. Uh, and Gladiator, the magistrix of of the Shi'ar world, uh, who is arguably, you know, he's basically Marvel Superman. He's one of the strongest uh, strongest characters on, you know, in in the Marvel universe. And and uh, there's a panel, just one panel of him trying to pick up this tiny little hammer, and he can't do it. He's straining. <laughs> he's giving it all. He's digging in, and it's just the greatest. It's such a fun panel. Uh, I, I would paint that on the side of a van because. Uh, <laughs> 
That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. And you know, I mean, how uh, how's the run going? Uh, it's good. Yeah, I, I think the reaction's been uh, been pretty positive, and uh, you know, we're getting ready. You know, uh, Marvel's got uh, their War of the Realms uh, event coming up, and uh, obviously, uh, an Asgardian book is going to 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 connect to that as well. So we've got some uh, some War of the Realms connections coming up, and. Uh, in in some future issues that's excellent anything on the horizon that has been announced that you could talk about uh not with marvel um, well, anybody. Or, yeah uh, i think uh the the you know there's uh another book that hasn't come out that uh i'm doing a book with archie uh called blossoms 666 yes. which is uh it's part of their horror line and it's uh it's it's the story of Cheryl and Jason Blossom, um, who you know were, were introduced in the '90s in Archie comics. As uh, I always call Cheryl, uh, Veronica's Veronica. She's you know she's totally. and uh, and she's she's sort of the breakaway star of the the TV show uh, Riverdale. She's very uh, she, she's very big in that show. But in this comic, uh, we reveal that uh, the Blossom family. Uh, knows that they are going to give birth to the Antichrist, <laughs> and Cheryl, Cheryl, and Jason both believe that they are that that person. Only one of them is the Antichrist, and they're kind of having a competition with each other, doing awful things to the kids of Riverdale <laughs> to prove who is uh, worthy of the Antichrist title. That's hilarious, man. I uh, I just talked to uh, Victor Gorlick over at yeah. Archie, and. Um, He's very happy with the horror books and how well they're doing. And certainly Sabrina on Netflix has, has been a nice book. And, uh, you know, yeah, we're a nice uh, show. And uh, and uh, certainly Riverdale. God, I'm, I'm very happy for all of them. I, I really – I love the Archie characters. And it's been really cool seeing – I mean, it's starting with Life with Archie, which certainly wasn't a horror book. But I just love that they've, you know, kind of stretched what you can do with Archie. And then, you know, certainly yeah. what they've done with the TV shows – but yeah, man. I mean, God, all all the uh, all the comic books have been amazing as far as the horror Archie comic books. And yeah, it's so it's uh, I'm I'm all for Blossom Six Six Six. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's going to be a fun a fun book. Uh, it's uh, with art by uh, Laura Braga, who is just awesome. And I mean, they just released some preview pages uh, of it this week, so you can see what it's going to look like. I mean, it's just a it's a it's a pretty book, and it's a uh, it's, you know, it is funny, but it's 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 absolutely a very dark. It's a very dark book. Um, so it's it's some dark humor in this in this title because, uh, like I said, they really Jason and Cheryl are really awful to the kids of Riverdale, <laughs> and they have a lot of fun being awful to them. So, no, it's a good opportunity exactly for uh, putting putting them through the uh, flaming hopes and everything. Right. I think that's terrific. That's great, man. Hilarious. Well, and again, like you said. Cheryl herself is like she's like if Mary Jane were just a little more mean. Uh, yeah, mean basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it yeah. really was like, whoa, there's the redhead. And it's like, yeah, it's about time. And yeah. I do remember when she debuted and everything, and it was like, wow, who's that girl? And it's yeah. like that's exactly what Archie needed. Yeah, and uh you know, it's it's it, it was a Back when she first appeared, it was shaking up the line to some degree sure. to have her appear. And then, uh, you know, that's something that I think Archie's been good at doing is shaking up the line. And that's what this, you know, like you said, you mentioned life with Archie. But uh, but yeah, then definitely the horror books have have just uh, it's shown them that you can do almost anything with these characters, really. And and the, the hallmark of a great uh, comic book that you can stretch it and do it in various genres. I was just talking to Tom King last night. And I was saying about the Mort Weisinger Superman era. And people point at that, oh, isn't that goofy? And it's like, you got to go contextually of, of the times. And, you know, they were kind of still suffering through the comics code. And so you really couldn't show Superman destroying the, that much. So it's like, all right, what can, you, what can you do? So, well, all right, big, you know, giant atomic insects were all over the movies back then. So let's have Red Kryptonite turn, you know, Superman into an ant head. And right. Things like, you know, crazy stuff like that. And or even as uh, silly, but again, because it was part of pop culture, there's Pat Boone in a Superman comic. There's 
uh, Alan Funt and Candid Camera, a very popular 50s and 60s TV show in a Superman right. comic. And yeah, that's, you know, that was kind of the role was to show that, you know, yeah, Superman was part of, you know, just contemporary with its era. But again, I think it, it showed the strengths of what you can do with Superman. And also a lot, a lot of the other great uh, superhero characters that, yeah, you can just, you know, they're kind of indestructible. You can take them into really uh, crazy directions. And yeah. the, the real good ones are resilient. And Archie's universe is certainly like that as well. I love Archie 1941. They're, that's oh, yeah. totally the other opposite end of the spectrum. It's a yeah. tremendous drama. Yeah, and it's a, you know, I think, uh, look, I love, you know, obviously I'm I'm a fan of dark, scary horror comics, but I also am a firm believer that we take comic books too seriously sometimes, and that can't, you know, that doesn't help us. You know, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't. It it, it kind of stifles creative freedom, and it it uh, you know you're you're cutting out a lot of great stuff if you if you're too diehard and too take and take it too seriously. You have to be able to 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 take some chances and and do some things you might not expect in these books um archie and and otherwise no 100 percent, man and 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 also too uh the five issue arc that a a story might start out a certain way and people are complaining about issue one and two and like well that's not how he acts or she acts right it's like well you know it's it's the early chapters man like let him let let this uh writer get home with his story and then talk about it and also by the way Fine. That maybe it's a story you don't like. Okay, fine. Come back in six months. I don't know. I, yeah, uh, look, uh, I'm we're never gonna, offended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting because when I was a diehard, you know, reader and collector in my youth, before I was ever creating comics, I was absolutely a continuity. Uh, I just I, everything had to be in continuity, and I had to know where everything fit inside the story and. And where, you know, this issue of Doctor Strange tied into this issue of Spider-Man. And, and I wanted to know, to know all those things. And to some degree, you never shake that. I still have, you know, hints of that sure. pop up. But I think people nowadays are defining their own continuity. Uh, you know, I'll talk to a reader who says, oh, yeah, I, I love Batman. I don't read this Batman title and none of that exists to me. <laughs> but this Batman title is what I like. And I was like, okay, so basically now you're just defining your own continuity. And and I hear, you know, uh, you know, you think about the Star Wars movies and people say there's a way to watch, you know, you can watch them in different orders and get different things out of them and and believe certain, you know, cut cancel certain movies out of the continuity of the films. <laughs> and that's great. You know what? If that's the way, if that's what brings you enjoyment and that's what makes comic books enjoyable to you, more power to you. It's it baffles me to some degree. It's interesting to me, but uh, but whatever. I'm all for people reading comics and enjoying comics in whatever way works for them. You know, I do, absolutely, man. Now you mentioned Star Wars and the Star Wars films. I liked Solo. I I don't understand the hate. I I didn't think it was a perfect movie, but I also didn't think it was a bad movie. I, I found oh, I have no problem with Solo at all. Yeah. I I think it's a I think it was a fun movie. You know, I I know I I heard that I, I stay away from a lot of that stuff like the the online hate and the sure. the the ranting. I I just I just don't have I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> well, so we're, we're I, adult men. No yeah, offense to those who hate that that yeah, strongly. That might also but, be adult men or women. But it's like, yeah, I understand. It's like, hey, it's just supposed to be entertainment. I don't know. Yeah, but I enjoyed I enjoyed Solo just fine. And I was the you know as a kid, I was the biggest Star Wars fan there has ever been and uh and i was you know i was not a huge fan of the prequel movies when they came sure. out because it wasn't made for me and I, I don't feel like those were movies that 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 i was supposed to 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 enjoy as much as a, you know a younger group of kids i found more respect for those movies over the years because my son loves them and uh, you know i watch him watch them and i'm like okay he loves these movies I can love them because he loves them, you know, and I can love what he loves out of them. Yep. And then, you know, this new batch of movies, I think they're fun. And and I think some are better than others, but I thought Solo was a great movie. I I have no problem with Solo. Yeah, I was was talking about Ron Howard, I forget, with who the other in the last couple of weeks. And it's like, yeah, man, it's like he did fine. (laughs) <laughs> like solo was good. Oh, yeah. Also, pretty pretty hard job to come in mid production and and try and you know take it over and you know reshoot about seventy five percent of the movie or so. And I'm like, looked great to me. Thought it was a very entertaining story. So yeah, no, I yeah. enjoyed it. You know, I, and I, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah, you mentioned Aquaman you. earlier, and I'm going to go. I did, I've already bought my tickets. So, we'll, um, you know, I bought tickets a little while ago. So I'm going to go uh, take the family to see Aquaman over the weekend. So Excellent. I'm rooting for it, and I, and I certainly want it to be great. And I like Momoa a lot. I think he's I've, – I've liked that guy since uh, St- Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. I may be wrong, show. but I think it's going to do very, very well. <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be a big one. I hope so, and and yeah, I mean, and and truly, I mean, you know, there've been missteps with the DC movie universe, but I I'm always rooting for them. And I'll tell you another thing, um, I got to tell you, uh, Titans, the TV show, I I I saw that trailer, and I'm like, I don't know, fuck Batman, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but but I, but honestly, I've I've watched every episode, and there's still one to go as we're recording, and uh, I'm like, I like this. And they're of course the Titans are very different than the way that they're depicted in the comics, but I do like it. And God, those standalone episodes with uh, the Doom Patrol and the Hawk and yeah, Dove see, the, episodes are amazing. I haven't watched any of them yet, but the Doom Patrol stuff is the one that would. And I was a huge Titans fan as a kid too. Uh, I just haven't. I haven't watched a whole lot of the of any any of the streaming uh, stuff of the streaming stuff. Um, just because there's so much TV and so many movies right now, it's hard to make I time understand. for everything. Oh yeah, but uh, but the, yeah, seeing the Doom Patrol stuff has really uh, it's got me interested in checking it out for sure. The uh, yeah, I mean, and I know that the episode is kind of a backdoor pilot, and they are moving forward with the Doom Patrol series. Uh, it's exactly what you want it to be, and it really I that's mean, awesome. it's very faithful to the comic in the best possible ways. Sure. So yeah, no, I uh, I enjoyed it immensely. So. Excellent. Well, Colt, I, uh, I wish you continued success. I think you're doing a great job, and uh, I'm glad you're uh, telling your stories at places that appreciate uh, the kind of work that you do, your Aftershock books and uh, what's going on at Marvel, both with uh, Star Wars and, of course, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, Archie got, got wise and got <laughs> you for Blossom 666. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it, man. That's Cullen Bunn. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation at Word Balloon. It was all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. To subscribe to Word Balloon, you can do it via Patreon. Go to our Patreon ad on our front page of wordballoon.com, or you can go directly to our Patreon page by typing in patreon.com slash wordballoon. Thanks a lot for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Again, Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics that are shaking things up at your local comic shop right now. Incredible series, uh, things like... Uh, Donnie Cates and Gary Brown's Baby Teeth Year One hardcover that came out this year. There's also great books like uh, my buddy Paul Jenkins has his fantastic series Beyonders. There's also uh, Animosity from Marguerite Bennett and Raphael De La Tour and Lollipop Kids from Adam and Aiden Glass and Diego Yapur, A Walk Through Hell from Garth Ennis and Goran Suzuka. Great creators that have come to Aftershock to tell very distinct stories and not have to worry about continuity, but just telling great stuff where anything can happen. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Cully's Witchhammer book, the first graphic novel that uh, Aftershock has put out is a classic example of that. Don't take my word for it. You're going to find great books from Aftershock at their website with full story descriptions, uh, preview art, and also the diamond codes to order your books at AftershockComics.com. Thanks again for listening. Great stuff coming up from Word Balloon in uh, the days ahead. I know that it's the holiday season and a lot of podcasts. I've, I'm, you know, it's, it kind of fascinates me. A lot of them are like, yeah, this is our last show for the year. And, you know, it's like December 10th or whatever. Not a Word Balloon, man. I mean, we take you right to New Year's Eve. And we'll be there the, the first week of uh, 2019 with new shows as well. Um, I know guests are busy. And I've been banking a lot of interviews these last couple days and weeks to ensure that uh, you know, you're covered through the holidays. I know everyone is traveling. Um, I got a great plan for Christmas, pre-Christmas weekend for a great uh, show to release and uh, give you something cool to listen to uh, on, the, on the way for your holiday travel and on the way back. Uh, more interesting interviews. Tremendous conversations. First time uh, discussions. Old friends have come back as well. And I can't wait to share it for, with you to close out 2018 and uh, usher in 2019 as well. Another great year for Word Balloon, man. And it's uh, a lot of it has to do with your support by listening, telling people about Word Balloon. The audience continues to grow. And uh, 
you know, all I can do is uh, have these great conversations and uh, present them to you every few days right here at WordBalloon.com. So until next time, thanks for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018.